So uh, last week uh, we looked at uh, the new nature, and this is new nature part two. Uh, the the last week's message was based on the old nature. It was talking about uh, how we are dark, terrible, <laughs> horrible people, but only redeemed because of Jesus, only because of Jesus. So today you will appreciate uh, more so, hopefully, that we are going to look at the new nature itself. What does that mean for us as Christians now? And now we acknowledge that the old nature is something that is not worthy of God, but the new nature that God has prepared for us uh, to wear, to wear as clothing, it's fascinating uh, scripture, uh, has prepared for us to step into and to be and to honour him um, in this new nature. And so we looked at our hardened hearts towards God last week, the hardening of our heart darkens our understanding of God, uh, that even if we have all the knowledge in the world, we're still ignorant if we don't know and understand the divine meaning and purpose behind all that knowledge. Uh, that our lives can be meaningless if it does not involve a service to God that honours him and him alone. Read Ecclesiastes if you're not sure about a life without God. The conclusion is, what's the point of anything if it's not worshipping God and doing everything for him? That our hardness, darkness, ignorance and futile behaviour are the marks and motions of living dead people, alienated from a life of God, dead in trespass and sins, having no hope and without God in the world. That was last week. This week, we come into the light. We come into the stuff that God's got for us, waiting uh, to pick up. So we're going to read, we're going to carry on, but slightly overlap uh, Ephesians uh, 4, verses 21 to 24. And it says, When you heard about Christ and were taught in him, in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And so what we're going to do, we're just going to look at um, four things. The awakening, that's awakening into this new life, into this uh, new man, new person. Uh, then we're going to look at coming as you are. That's a, a phrase Christians use and churches use a lot. And we're going to explain what that means as well. Um, what's the true meaning of come as we are as we sung today. Uh, avoiding legalism. Because this, this stuff is full of pitfalls. It's full of stuff where we start uh, wanting to do things to make God proud of us. And so avoiding legalism is really important that we try and find the right balance. And then, so what now? What do we do with this message? So let's uh, look at this first one, the awakening. And first of all, in these verses, what we see Paul speak about first is uh, hearing about Christ. He says, you heard about Christ. Paul says, in order to escape the futile life, you have to hear the voice of Jesus. Uh, I don't know that when you came to Jesus, uh, that, that that thing that suddenly clicked in your head, that changed in your heart, that was hearing Jesus. That was the moment where you heard him speaking to you. Uh, even though he always speaks, we have to kind of tune into him a little bit. And so, in other words, only something that is above flesh and has the power to subdue it can conquer this old self, this old flesh. And the only truth that is truth is found in Jesus. The only thing that is true is found in Jesus. Our own truth, our own self-importance will never reveal the level of truth that Jesus himself reveals about us. Uh, 
I think the major difference when you, become, when you become a Christian is that people can tell you negative things about you throughout your life. They can say they don't like this about you or that about you. And we can mainly brush those off. But when Jesus comes and you hear him for the first time and he says, this is why I did what I did, because of your nature, because of the rotting that was there. I needed to come and do something about it. I needed to do the ultimate thing that needed to be done. His voice is the power that breaks through all the hardness and darkness and ignorance and awakens us from hopelessness of death. And you must hear the voice of Jesus calling out of darkness into light and out of death into life before you can fully understand today's message. So maybe people will hear this throughout the week and maybe they may not understand some of this message and that's because we need to first come to an understanding of our old nature and understand that it's not good enough to meet with God's standard. It's not good enough to worship him in our old nature. We come because we need a new nature. We need to be renewed by Jesus. So after you hear the voice of Christ and are made alive and brought to faith in him, it's time to put off the old person, which denotes your former way of life. This difference between the old person and the new person is so stark that you'll be struck by it when you become a Christian. It's not something you casually walk into. You'll be so struck by God's, by Jesus' message, by his message of hope, that it will be so far removed suddenly from the life you were living that it will be a truth you've never heard before. Colossians describes this difference between the two natures really well, so we're not left in this state of confusion or left in any doubt. It's Colossians uh, Colossians 3, verse 8 to 11. It says... But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, uh, barbarian, Scythian, I didn't practice that one, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Whilst we struggle with this nature of things like anger and rage, the new self should be renewing us in its knowledge of God. When those things that are not God-honouring attempt to take us back, attempt to take us back to our old self, we look to the new self to take us in the right direction. So Paul goes on to say, It's not just not doing the things of the old self. It's not just stop doing lying. It's not just stop being angry. Because that would be plain legalism. Just bottle it up, grin and bear it. When people come on a Sunday, just smile through your grin, smile through your pain. That's not what he talks about here. Instead he says, go and seek specific God-honouring things that are worthy of the new nature, the new self you now have access to. Colossians 3, verse 12, says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. The action of living the new self is not about putting on a front, just, just not doing those old things anymore. 
We must put down on purpose the things of the old self and live into the things of the new self. I put down, when I sense anger coming, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a place where I cannot do that. I gonna, I'm going to put that down and I'm going to pick up patience. That's difficult, isn't it? So difficult. But you know when you take the word apart, when you really look at it, it's not just a, this word makes you feel happy and better. It's a seeking of a new life in him. So he understands, and I truly believe God understands that we all get angry, we all get impatient, we all want to give up sometimes. That's why he's prepared this new self for us that we can step into and say, I'm going to seek him instead. I'm going to, I'm going to put that down on purpose and I'm going to seek patience. I'm going to seek kindness. It is a determination. The Bible, if you, if you just read in the New Testament, Oh, my word, just the struggle of God's people, the struggle of how they're trying to not give in to temptation, give in to sin. Read Romans, oh my word. How much are they trying? Is Paul trying there? He's going, no more will we do this. It doesn't mean just because Jesus paid for it or I can then go and do what I like. It means I have to choose Jesus. It means I have to go after him. not just doing the things of legalism, but choosing those things. Don't just push down anger, rage, malice, slander, but doing things opposite to that, that nullifies the things of the old self. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Purposefully seeking them out. Jesus puts this best when he says in Luke 9 verse 23, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. There is a fascinating um, a description, a, a commentary about this particular verse. Uh, and often this is seen as something where we, we put down, uh, we deny ourselves the things of the flesh, we take up the cross and we imagine, I don't know about you, but we imagine carrying the cross much like Jesus. We, we have this picture of carrying across the weight. And actually, this is not really what that's saying. It's helpful to describe, but this is a positive message. The cross, you remember, was what brought us salvation. Jesus dying on it and then risen again was what brought us salvation. Taking up my cross is taking up Jesus and denying my flesh the things that it wants for selfish reasons. It's often in this context taken up with something hard and heavy and a burden, and yet, take up your cross. Jesus, follow him. So one of the things we, we do look at when we, I suppose when we look at this subject, is that people say as a Christian when you come uh, and you're first introduced to him and maybe you just don't know uh, what you're allowed and not allowed to do uh, if there's ever su such a thing. And people say this, you come as you are, and I've heard this a lot in my time of being a Christian. 
And, and this, is, this is an interesting one because this can be misconstrued. This can be misunderstood. Uh, come as you are is not stay as you are. You don't come as you are and use that as an excuse to carry on doing what you're doing. Again, Romans. Read Romans and this very principle of saying, but that doesn't mean I can carry on doing what I'm doing. It doesn't mean I just carry on in the old self. It means I have to do something new. I have to show evidence, as it were, to God that I am, I want more of him, I want to seek him. I don't know if you've read the parable of the wedding banquet. It kind of echoes uh, the parable of the sower. <clears throat> and this parable tells of, a f- of, firstly, the banquet that was laid out by a king for his son. And this was a representation of the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said. The king sent servants to those that had been invited to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then the king makes it more inviting by saying, my oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they still paid no attention. And in fact, the servants that went out and tried to tell them, come to this great wedding banquet, they mistreated them and killed them. So the king invites the good and the bad from the streets instead. And he says, those I invited before, they didn't deserve to come. And so all the people from the streets come. Fill the hall. An amazing wedding banquet. But the king, he notices one person who is not wearing wedding clothes, who is not dressed, who is not fit for the occasion. And he says, how did you get in here? And he's stunned into silence. And so they tie him up, they throw him onto the street, into the darkness where there'll be, as the Bible says, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why tell you this parable? Because in regard to to church, this has many lessons for us. There are many that go to church and respond to the Lord's invitation, but have never really accepted Jesus into their hearts. People walk through the door but do not want to listen to what Jesus has to say. Instead of changing their clothes, and here I'm going to say our clothes, we're just as liable to do this. Instead of changing our clothes, we dust down our old clothes and try to look the part. We refuse to take off the old clothes, the old self. We don't want to dress for the occasion. And hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying you should dress in a suit for church. Okay? I'm not saying that this is a dress code that I'm trying to promote here. All I'm saying is spiritually, are we wearing the right clothes to approach the throne of God? This is what we do here. This is what we do. We don't just dust ourselves off, straighten our collar. We come into a new life with him. So do we respect him? This is why the king did what he did. He wasn't dressed for the occasion. The man he spoke to, he wasn't dressed. He wasn't befitting of of the banquet. And of course, this is a parable, which means this is the kingdom of heaven that he's talking about. Are we dressing for the kingdom of heaven when we approach God? And we all in this church now are all susceptible to this attitude. We can have Sundays where God is secondary in our priorities. We can turn up in our quickly dusted down clothes, meaning spiritually and in our heart we have not dressed for the banquet that God has laid out for us in honour of his Son. People want the hope of heaven, but they don't want what comes with that. 
They don't want to put off the old self or the old habits and embrace the new self or the new life. This is why I've said many times it's easy, easy in quotes to talk about God, but it's harder to talk about Jesus. It's harder to accept Jesus because he divides everything. He takes everything and now it's not just about this love of a God that I might believe in, that I think exists somewhere. Now with Jesus it's, you're rotten and you needed a saviour. Will you accept that you need a saviour? And that's hard. People don't want to put off all the old stuff. People don't want to put down all the habits that they have that do not honour God. Because it's nice. Sin is built that way. Sin does that because it speaks to our flesh. If we want the hope of heaven, then we come as we are, but we cannot stay as we are. And in this context, what we talk about here is not God's gift of righteousness, but our obedience to move from one state to another. Jesus Christ poured out his precious lifeblood to bring us to the Father. And he calls us to a new obedience by the power of Jesus' blood. Remember, you didn't do that before. When you weren't a Christian, you didn't do that. I didn't do that. I never even understood what the power of the cross was about, what what it meant. I never understood why Jesus shed his blood, why Christians talked about this thing. And yet, whilst I might not, and any of us might not get it theologically, I can can understand and totally accept that I needed a saviour. I understand what the blood represents. I understand what the broken body represents. We do this once a month. We're taught again and again Jesus' body broken for us. Jesus did not call his church to be a place where people can wallow in self-justification of their own self-righteous state. Not to come as we are in order to stay as we are. We come as we are in order to be changed. That's what you're doing when you accept Jesus into your life. You are saying... I accept that Jesus wants to change me for the the person he sees me as. And when you do that, it's not easy. When you accept that, every little thing is going to bother you. Every little thing that you do that doesn't honour God is going to get to you. And it's going to annoy you. And it's going to get on your nerves. And you're going to say, why do I keep doing that? I believe in Jesus. Why am I not changed? Why do I not change from doing that particular thing? And that's where grace comes in. So in that moment, we're still not condemned. We're still not thrown into the streets, into the darkness. And we can come back to him and say, Oh Lord, will you change me? Will you help me understand this new clothing you've got for me? This new self. We are called to obey in the Father's house. We are called to abandon our lawless ways. This is not an option. There is a holiness without which we will not see the Lord. So therefore put on the new person created after the likeness of God in righteousness and holiness. Become who God has prepared us to be. It's not my clothing. It's not my ideals around what's good or bad. It's God. 
He says, this is the clothing I've got for you. Are you going to step into it? Do you want to put them on? See if they fit? And I think this does lead nicely on to avoiding legalism. So does that mean then I just do good things and just look good and just grin and bear it, as I said earlier? Christianity is not like any other faith. It's, it's not a moral self-improvement course. You don't just sign up, work hard to change yourself. That's legalism, not the message of grace. Change comes in a totally different way by grace through faith, so that God gets all the glory and not us. It's a very hard thing to, uh, to, try, and, to try and explain this idea. I must do must live more like God honouring in a God-honouring way because the Bible tells us so. So many parts, Galatians you can look at and it will tell you how we must work, how we must behave in a God-honouring way. And people go, well, hold on, you're saying I've just got to put it on, I've just got to try and be good, I've got to try and be better. It's not self-improvement. It's not your definition, it's not my definition of being better or being good. So no longer am I focusing on how good I can be. I'm saying, how can I fit into the clothing of the new person that God's got for me? And all that is God-honouring. It's not about me. People don't go, wow, you're so much more patient than you used to be. You're so good at that. That's not why we do it. We do it to honour God. The new self is not a set of clothes where you make a new set of morals, just do better things. Instead, our new self has been created for us by God for us to wear. He creates the new us. It's not a case of God saved us now, improve yourself, get better, be better. Not at all. In grace, God creates the new person. And that includes all the new attitudes, emotions, practices that we are supposed to put on. It all should honour God. Every action should honour God. So what now? What does this mean? What do I go from here? He's called me from death to life. I've trusted him to forgive all my sins. Now here I am. And he tells me in Ephesians 2 verse 10, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What in the world am I supposed to do? What in the world are you supposed to do? How do you think in such a way that God will be the creator of your thoughts? How do you feel in such a way that God will be the creator of your feelings? How do you act in such a way that God will be the creator of your actions? How do you put on a new person created by God? The book of Romans gives us the answer to all these questions you should be pleased to know. Romans 12, 1-2 Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. 
be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is talking about a spiritual transformation, the Holy Spirit, who is with us for this time of grace, who we can talk to and pray with, who, who speaks to God, who we have, who lives within us. This is God living within us. Remember, Holy Spirit's God, remember? It's all God. Just, just understand that for a second. The wreck of a person that we are, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. That's something that should just confuse you. Holy Spirit, who is perfect, lives within these imperfect beings. So we have access to him. If our attitudes and emotions and practices come from the spirit of a renewed mind, they will be ours in one sense. But in a deeper sense, they'll be the creation of God in righteousness and holiness. This is how we get from one state to another. And you see, we can avoid all the worldly behaviours of the old nature of this world and never be transformed. That was the legalism bit. You can avoid all the bad stuff, but you doesn't mean you're transformed by, by the Holy Spirit. And this is what we call when we call ourselves, well, I'm a good person. This is what we say this is when, we don't, when, when we don't acknowledge that I, I can never be good, except for Jesus. We can be good people, but never know the true perfect good, that is Jesus. True transformation is not about trying to fulfill the law. As Romans goes on to say, if we do that, then we surely deny the power of Jesus on the cross. You keep trying to fulfill the law, fulfill the law. What was the point of Jesus? If you're just going back to what you were trying to do before and be good, that doesn't mean you be bad. I'm not giving you an excuse to be bad. Read Romans. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it. Read Romans. The Christian alternative to immoral behaviours is not a new list of moral behaviours. It's a change from the inside out. It's not so you look good to other people. It's so that we are changed by the Holy Spirit who we engage with every day. And the Holy Spirit changes us from the inside out. Hence the song you might know, from the inside out. If you long to break loose from conformity to the world, if you long to be transformed and uh, to be transformed anew from the inside out, if you long to be free from mere duty-driven Christianity and do what you love to do because what you love to do is what you ought to do. If you long to offer up your body as a living sacrifice so that your whole life becomes a spiritual act of worship and displays the worth of Christ above the worth of the world, then give yourself, ourselves, we need to give ourselves with all our might to pursuing this renewal of the mind. We are to use our bodies, our whole lives, to display the worth of God and all that he is, he is for us in Christ. In order for that to happen, our minds must be renewed. Purpose, intent, I am determined to seek God. I'm determined to seek the new self, not the old self. I'm determined to promote the new self, demote the old self. 
Why should we do that? Because our minds are not by nature God-worshipping minds. They are worshipping minds, indeed, but they can worship terrible things. They can idolise all sorts of things. Because God has built in this ability to worship, but with that he's given us this free will that we can choose what to do with it. So in this flesh, in this body, in this time, we can choose and do choose sometimes to worship something other than God. We idolise things other than God. They are by nature self-worshipping minds. That is the spirit of our minds. So we must allow the Holy Spirit to renew us in our new self. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. What does the Spirit do to transform us into the uh, image of God, of the God-exalting Son of God? He enables us to behold the glory of God. You are allowed to behold the glory of God so that we worship him and honour him. This is how the mind is renewed, by steadfastly gazing at the glory of Christ for what he really is. He is glorious. Many glories that Christ has. Paul was renewed in the spirit of his mind by filling his mind with unseen truths of eternity. So that the loud, distracting, deceitfulness of the world was pushed out. Colossians 3, verse 2 to 3. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. That is what renews the spirit of the mind when it is full of the truth of God's power and promises. It is not just a thing you should do as a pastor and say, read your Bible, church. It is not a study. You're not trying to pass an exam. Reading our Bible fills us with God's truth. So when we come to these moments of life-changing moments, rather than choosing the way of the old self and go, but I know, I remember what Jesus said about me. I remember what Jesus did for me. I remember why he died on the cross. I remember why I'm able to sit here today. When our mind is filled with love of Christ and with all the fullness of God, then the spirit of our mind is renewed and freed from the deceit of the world. And out of that renewed mind become, comes new attitudes and emotions, practices. And they clothe us with righteousness and holiness. And this new person that we become, become, become is the creation of God himself. Uh, the creation that God has laid on us and said, this is what I wanted you to be all along. This is what I wanted you to be. We go back to Genesis, we go back to the beginning and say, this is what I wanted you to be. And despite all that stuff that you did, for this time you can seek the new self. You can clothe yourself in righteousness because of Jesus.
What's the takeaway? I think this is it. Take this verse away with you. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. I'm going to tell you and just be honest with you, yesterday I didn't feel like this. That's just the way it goes. And I had to purposefully set my mind on Christ. And you know why I didn't feel like this? And this is, when you, when you look back on these things, this is gonna, these things should convict you. The reason why I didn't feel like this yesterday was because I had hay fever. That's pretty bad, isn't it? Because that, for me, anger, ugh, I, I'm frustrated, I'm annoyed, everything just annoys me. Don't set your thing on earthly things. Your hay fever is going to go tomorrow. You take a tablet, it disappears. It doesn't mean anything. But what it's doing, it's trying to drive you to this anger and to this old self that used to be. All these things you all might be suffering with, it, in some ways is there to try and drive you into this old self, to be, to complain, to be angry. In that, this is the moment. Set your minds on the things above. above. Oh, perseverance. Galatians. Read Galatians. You must persevere. You must persevere. If none of this is going on in your head, come and speak to me. Because this must be going on in our heads. Everything that doesn't align with God, it must go, that's not right. What I did there was not right. That's not a behaviour that's God-honouring. Every day is going to be a struggle. Every day is going to be this fight of turning away, putting down the old flesh and picking up the new self. I don't sit here and say, oh, if you just believe in Jesus, it's all going to get fixed. You're living in a fallen, broken world. That's why it gets hard. That's why you don't make sense of the world. Because suddenly we have a different view. We have truth. Suddenly it's like, why is the world this way? Why do people fight? Why is there war in the world? Why are people suffering in the world? But we know, as Christians, the reason why that happens is because it's a fallen world. So is it any wonder that those who are in Christ, who believe in the truth of Jesus, struggle with the world that does not, is not compatible with the faith that we have. It's not, it doesn't seem to align. And it's right, it doesn't align. The world around us is just broken. So all those things, the brokenness around us, will keep trying to hit us, will keep trying to bring us down. He says, you've got, you've got to put that away. If needs be, go to your quiet place, go to your room, and Lord, I'm going to set my mind, even if it's, I don't feel like praying today. Even if I don't feel like setting my mind on you, I'm going to set my mind on you today. I'm going to do this for five minutes. At least. The least you deserve, Jesus. We need to understand that being a Christian is, is not about ticking some boxes. It's not, it, it's not about just feeling good about ourselves. It's acknowledging that Christ died on the cross and rose again so that we may have a new life. And sanctification will be complete when we enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
This is training, church. This world around you is training for the final sanctification. We'll set our minds this week. Challenge yourself to set your minds on God when those things come and try and drag you back. And those habits that you do or have done in the past come back. I'm not. I'm going to set my mind on Jesus. Let's pray. And then we'll uh, say our blessing together. Father, we want to thank you that we can come into the presence of God today. That we can come any day, any time, any minute, any hour and just come and say, Lord, I want you to be on my mind. I want you to, be, to rule my thoughts. Lord, you say in your word that capture every thought. Oh Lord, will you help us to do that this week? Will you help us to capture those thoughts that are trying to drag us back, that are trying to make us part of the pack, that are trying to make us ineffective as disciples? Lord, we want to bring this message to you. We want to say, Lord, it, it, it should honour you and honour heaven and honour the kingdom. Lord, we thank you that we can approach you any time. And Lord, we ask you to train us in setting our minds on the things above this week. Lord, we thank you for being with us as we meet together as a church to try and learn more about you and to enjoy you even more. We thank you that you sent your son to die. He rose again for us to be new creations, new people in Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. Amen.